First lesson this morning is from John's Gospel, John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. Well, our first lesson was actually sung to us by the choir, believe it or not. uh, Psalm 23, that was one of our lectionary texts for today. And we're going to sing a different version of it right after the sermon. In um, What's the name of the hymn? Close my book. My shepherd will supply my need. And this passage from John begins with the Good Shepherd. But first, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks for, for these words we're about to read this morning. We thank you that you have spoken to your people through these words throughout the generations. Speak to us now. May we hear your voice in these words and in my words. May we be challenged. May we be convicted. May we be transformed. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our epistle lesson is from uh, the first letter of John, chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, and reading through verse 24. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let's love not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth. And will reassure our hearts before him, whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Just as he commanded us, all who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit that he has given us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Legend tells that John the Apostle moved to the city of Ephesus with uh, 
Jesus' mother Mary. And he spent many, many years in that city, growing to a great and ripe old age. He was the pillar, legend tells, in that particular community. People would look up to him, people would listen to his teaching, people would flock from far and wide to hear what this great apostle had to say. However, in his later years, he found, and the community found, that John was no longer able to preach as once he had. But he still made the commitment every morning to gather together with all of the people for early morning prayers. Legend tells of that tradition that was his. He was unable to walk. So many of the young men in the community, they would meet him early in the morning, they would place him on a chair or they would carry him themselves and they would go to the place of prayer. And as they walked along, as they were going to the place of prayer, they would all say to him, these young men, Father John, teach us, teach us of the Master. And every time they asked for a word of wisdom, for a word of teaching, John would simply say this. Little children, love one another. Little children, love one another. That's all he would ever say. And here all these young men were, were beginning to get a wee bit frustrated with this great master. For here was this fount of knowledge this fount of wisdom, this, this man who in his youth had been a follower of Jesus. And as time went on and he repeated, little children love one another. They eventually said to him, Master, why is that the only thing that you ever teach us? Surely you have something else that you can tell us. And he responded, Legend has it by saying, because it is the Lord's precept, and if it alone is done, it is enough. It's the Lord's precept. If it alone is done, it is enough. Little children, love one another. What does that type of love look like? What does it really mean to love one another? Well, that's a very pertinent question for us, especially as we, in the last couple of years, have begun to identify ourselves as a hub of caring in the community. I don't know if you noticed but a few weeks ago, the last session meeting, session made a change to our mission statement. Did anybody notice that? Anybody? Elders, did you notice that? <laughs> you were at the meeting. <laughs> well, we did. We made a change to our mission statement. Up until the last session meeting, our mission statement said this. We feel called by God to be a hub of caring in the community 
We want people to feel and experience the reconciling love of Jesus Christ through this church as it gathers and serves together. Well, if you look on the back page of your bulletin, you'll see that there is a subtle yet significant change to that wording. No longer says we feel called by God to be a hub of caring in the community. What does it say? We are are called by God to be a hub of caring in the community. Well, why did we change that? Well, feelings are fleeting, aren't they? I could wake up tomorrow morning and not feel like I want to be married. (laughs) Might I feel that? Maybe. Not saying I do or not or don't. But feelings are fleeting, aren't they? Feelings are fleeting. You can feel one thing in one moment and not feel it in the next. But there are some things that are true regardless of whether we feel that way or not. I am married. That's a reality. That's not going to change. That affects who I am and it affects what I do in my day-to-day life. Whether I feel married or not, I am married. If we simply feel called to be a hub of caring in the community, that can come and go in the ebb and flow of who we feel ourselves to be. But if we affirm that we are called by God to be a hub of caring in the community, there's something much more solid about that. And that is our reality. That is who we are. And one of the things that we need to do is to unpack what that means and unpack what that looks like so we can live more and more and more into that reality of God's calling upon our lives. And at the heart of that is this word from this old apostle, little children, love one another. So what does that look like? Well, in our, our scripture readings today, from First John, from John's Gospel, and from uh, uh, the 23rd Psalm, we find that there are a series of portraits of a pastor. Portraits of a pastor. Not just a pastor, but portraits of uh, a shepherd. Portraits for all of us to live into as we seek to be shepherds to one another. Little children, love one another. Well, the first portrait comes from from both John's Gospel and from John's Epistle. And it's a portrait of a love that is sacrificial. It's sacrificial. We read of the shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. It's an extreme type of love. A love that knows no limits. A love that knows 
no bounds whatsoever. The, the word that's used for this, for this love is a, is a very unique word. The word is agape. It's the word that's used of the love of God. The love of God for God's people. The love of God for God's world. And the love that we are called to have for one another. It's a love that knows no bounds. It's a love that takes risks. It goes beyond what one might uh, ordinarily be prepared to do. It's a love that moves us out beyond our comfort zones. It was the love that took Christ to the cross. That's the love with which we are called to love one another. Little children, love one another. Psalm 23 opens up some further portraits of the pastor, of the shepherd, of what it means to love one another. We find at the beginning of Psalm 23 a portrait of the shepherd as a guide. A guide. We were just on vacation in New Orleans. That's where we were. It was so beautiful there. The, the sun shone the entire week. It was 70, 80 degrees. It was absolutely lovely. In the past, it, um, to tour a city like New Orleans, one of the things you needed to do was to arrange for a tour guide to take you around and tell you the history of the place. You may have bought yourself a, a guidebook to learn your way around. The last time Maureen and I went there was back in, in 2000. And we purchased a, a walking tour book of the Garden District. And we found all these beautiful mansions and cemeteries and we walked all around. But this time, as we toured around <coughs> New Orleans, we pulled out our cell phones. <laughs> and the cell phone became a guide for us. And we found out some history and some uh, places of interest as we toured around. A guide, though, is someone who has been there before. A guide is someone who knows all the places of interest. A guide is someone who knows the places to stop and to rest and to recover and to replenish. Isn't that what the shepherd does in the 23rd Psalm? He leads me beside the still waters. One of the things that Eugene Peterson wrote some time ago, as we seek to be guides for one another. Peterson wrote, how can I lead people beside still waters if I am constantly frantic and busy? It's a challenge for so many of us. Our lives are very frantic. Our lives are very, very busy. And we have a hard enough time ourselves finding those moments to stop and to rest and to feed and to replenish. We have a hard enough time doing that ourselves. So how can we guide others into those places if we don't know them ourselves? If we are to to love one another like Christ, we must be able 
to guide one another. Second thing the psalmist talks about is uh, the shepherd as a guard. It's more than simply a guide. It's more than simply knowing the way to go. It's acting as a, as a protector. You remember some of the stories of King David of old. He fought the bears and he fought the lions to protect the lambs. Having done that, he was able with confidence to face the giant Goliath and so protect the people of God. Well, how are we to guard one another? How are we to be guards to one another? Well, we need to be cautious of one another's space and cautious of one another's time and cautious of one another's boundaries. When I started back a few months ago, I wanted to make a good impression. I wanted to do everything right. And uh, my day off is typically a Friday. And I received a number of emails that first Friday I was here. And oh, I better respond to these emails. I better get in touch with these folks and do what I thought was the right thing. And on that Sunday morning when I came into church, a couple of folks said to me, I sent you emails on Friday, but I wasn't expecting to hear back from you. It was your day off. There was nothing urgent about it. You didn't need to do that. You could have waited. There were some people who were protecting my time, protecting my boundaries. And that's a lesson for all of us. Where do we need to protect one another? To allow each one to be and to fully become the people that God is calling us to be in this particular context as a hub of caring in this community. If we are to love one another as Christ loved us, we have to guard one another. So sacrificial love. We see the, the shepherd as a guide. We see the shepherd as a as a guard. And finally, we see the shepherd as a host. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's a family table, isn't it? There's something absolutely wonderful about a family all gathered together around a table for a meal. Something wonderful about that on the surface. <laughs> Families are always filled with tension. Not everybody gets along. Not everybody gets along all the time. Some people don't ever get on at all. But when you're gathered around a table sharing a meal with one another, there's something about a, there's something vulnerable about that. We open ourselves up to one another. We make ourselves vulnerable to each other as we sit down at the table, especially in this context. Because what does it say? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Not just friends, but those that we might consider enemies, those that we might consider different from us. 
The table becomes a safe place, even where there are differences. The table becomes a place where all are welcome. I remember when I was growing up, we, uh, our home was always open to all kinds of strange and wonderful, and sometimes not so wonderful people. Um, I remember especially at Christmas time, I always longed just for a, a family Christmas, but my mother would always open our home to anybody and everybody that wanted to come, particularly to those who had nowhere else to go at Christmas time. We had all kinds of waifs and strays we'd gather in our house, and some were just a wee bit strange, <laughs> to say the very least. But my mum was the host, and everybody felt like they were part of our family during that meal for that time. Every one was welcome. We do that here, don't we? I think about the medical ministry. It doesn't matter who somebody is. It doesn't matter how they may be perceived. Somebody comes, they say, I have a need. What do we do? We meet that need, Tom, don't we? Whatever they need, we provide for them. The table is open. All are welcome. Friends, this is only scratching the surface. This is only the beginning. And as we go on over the next few months, over the next few years, we're going to look more and more at what it means for us to be a hub of caring in this community, to show the reconciling love of Jesus Christ to all we would encounter. But let's remember, first and foremost, these words of the Apostle. It's the Lord's precept. And if it alone is done, it is enough. Little children, love one another in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our hymn is number 172. My shepherd will supply my need. Hymn number 172.